is Women Who Start Up Radio, podcasting from the Mile High City, Denver, Colorado. With 300 days of sunshine, the highest percentage of high school and college graduates in the nation, lots of women entrepreneurs, and more microbreweries than any other U.S. city. Women Who Start Up Radio brings you knowledge, insight, and inspiration from women entrepreneurs and founders. Here are your hosts, Lizelle Van Vuren, founder of Women Who Start Up and CEO of Effectively, and Krista Morgan, co-founder and CEO of B2B Investor. Hi there, Lizelle here. Krista here. And we're bringing you Women Who Start Up Radio. On this podcast, we'll talk a little bit about absolutely awesome things happening out there and other things that are pretty much driving us all to drink. Not that I drink. I actually don't drink. Don't drink, folks. So... For Women Who Start Up Radio, we're going to discuss what works and what doesn't work for founders, interesting topics, awesome interviews, stuff out there that's making us pull our hair out, if we have any. And Krista and I are really going to break down all sorts of perspectives from our viewpoint and more. What more, Krista? We're just going to be real. I think the idea is that women entrepreneurs need a voice, a real voice from other women entrepreneurs. And and we're hoping that we can give them that through this show, which means uh, we want this to be interactive. So we want to hear from all of you. So A, you should be following us at Women Who Start Up. And we have a hashtag, Women Disrupt. And if you've got questions, comments, you love it, you hate it, anything, we want to hear about it. And we have a website. Absolutely. It's womenwhostartup.co. We do want all your engagement. I mean, this is not a one-way streak, folks. You are entrepreneurs, and we want to hear from you. Yeah. So why are we doing this, Lizelle? Tell well, us about there... women who start up. And in fact, let me just preface this by saying that I uh, I moved to Denver three years ago, first time entrepreneur. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, I'm going to build a billion-dollar company. It's going to be real easy. And it's real friggin' hard to do. But one of the things that I have loved about being here in Colorado is we have this amazing community. And it's not, you know, just about women. There are actually way too many men. Uh, but Lizelle's group, like she has just pulled together this amazing meetup group of women who start up. They meet every month and you hear from female founders and you just hear from real women entrepreneurs who are struggling. And I love the group and I actually love Lizelle. And I said to her, you know, we got to take this national. Yeah. And I, I loved the most empowering thing is members coming to me saying, not only is this helpful and i mean the community being super helpful so women who start up is a community now of 600 plus women and startup companies which is sensational because it's barely two years old and it started with you know five people so i'm you know tremendously proud of it but it's because of the momentum of members reaching out to their peers and their friends so what you have um brought to light krista is the fact that we have to take this kind of to the next level the reason I started Women New Startup is because as a female entrepreneur, I was attending tons of events and I didn't see a lot of women in the room. Now, it wasn't the worst thing in the world, but I want to, you know, there's a saying that I really trust in, which is, if you can't see it, you can't become it. 
I don't necessarily believe that today, but I think when I was younger, it was extremely true. And I think if you are young, it's extremely true. If you can't see it, you can become it. Okay. So I was looking around these rooms and I was attending these incredible entrepreneurial events, but I wasn't seeing other women. So I was like, where are all the other women? I know that there are women entrepreneurs. I know that there are women doing amazing things, but where are they? Okay. So I helped create the platform to bring those women together. What we're doing with this incredible women who start up radio is we're amplifying the reach and we want to start a global conversation. We're here in Denver, Colorado. Colorado is incredible. Krista said, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. This startup community is diverse. It is incredible, but it's young and it's new. And it's also a melting pot of all sorts of people from all, all over the world. So basically what I'm saying is women who start up exists because I'm trying to change the face of entrepreneurship. I looked around the room and I wanted to change the status quo. I wanted a room to be filled with as many women as there were and are men when it comes to entrepreneurial communities. So again, you know, women who start up exist because we want to amplify female entrepreneurs feeling empowered, like they have resources and most certainly like they have a community, a platform, a foundation. And um, so, yeah, I'm excited about it. And I'm excited that you're involved in it, Krista. Wow. I am super excited to be involved in it because look, what I, I know that over the last three years of being an entrepreneur, I have gained a tremendous amount of confidence, but I have gained that confidence because, you know, the feedback that I get from the community, like I get this positive reinforcement and then I feel better. And then consequently I feel more confident. I, take risks in business. I stand up for myself. I, you know, and I have really, I think, dragged uh, my company kicking and screaming into being what is, I would call almost a success. You know, we actually were <laughs> up and running and that took three years and it was so hard. And I just, I think not, you can't get there if you, uh, I think we need more women to get there. And that's really what I see. I am just of the belief that we need more female CEOs. You know, we need more women executives in startups. We just need the startup community to stop being, it just, you know, feels like it's all run by 25 year old guys in hoodies. And it doesn't matter that it isn't necessarily, but that's still what it feels like. Sure. And I, you know, that, that makes me angry. Yeah. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah, and no, we're trying to create change, and change takes time, and we're trying to invest our time as entrepreneurs, as women, as leaders, and trying to change the status quo. And I think that's commendable, and I always tip my hat for the efforts that you do for P2B investors and... Um, I think there are thousands of other women who want to be a part of this particular community or other incredible communities because there's many amazing platforms that I love to cross promote. I mean, for goodness sake, we've got NC Wit, you got Women Who Code, you got Girls Who Code. I can go on and on about all the efforts of big corporations, but what we're trying to create is just an organic Colorado started platform for female entrepreneurship because our startup community is is rather young not that it's young um there's folks who have been around for 15 20 years building this framework of this community but we want 
women today to be empowered with resources, with community. Um, and I'm assuming that's why you're part of this. Yeah. And I think even if you aren't in Colorado, we want this podcast, this radio show to be uh, to be a way for you to feel part of a community, even if right now you feel kind of alone. Because being an entrepreneur is a lonely business. And being a female entrepreneur can feel a lot lonelier because, the, as you say, there just there aren't enough people like you going through the, the same stuff that you're going through. So as Lizelle said at the beginning, one of the things we want to do uh, on a regular basis on the show is talk about current events, right? Look at what's happening in the news as regards to female founders and just talk about it and see what happens. Absolutely. There's a lot going on out there in the world. We're going to talk about it. When we first started talking about this podcast and I was talking to Aaron, who's our awesome producer, uh, I was saying, you know, we should talk about current events like, you know, like that sat the Satya Nadella comments had just come out. Yeah. And I remember feeling so angry, just unbelievably pissed off that a public figure, you know, would sit at a women's conference and tell women around the world that they shouldn't be so aggressive about asking for pay raises and they should just wait for their good karma to come back to them. Uh, and I just thought someone's got to stand up for that and just say, holy moly, what who the says that? What the F? <laughs> what the F indeed? <laughs> okay, so let's talk about that, right? So I'm scrolling through Twitter one day and Twitter's starting to blow up. And the next thing I'm reading how the Microsoft CEO, um, Nadella, he's, you know, Pretty much giving the message like, well, good karma will, will will get you to what? Get paid more? To get a promotion? And, you know, we talked about this even today again. It, it happened several weeks ago. Um, and I don't actually remember exactly specifically what he said, but we do understand contextually that what he said confused the hell out of all of us. I mean, really, it took me back. I, I remember kind of sitting back, looking at the information, reading the article, listening to the interview, and kind of going, hmm, did you really think that through? It really didn't empower a lot of women to feel encouraged to ask for more money. No, and the problem is that there are too many women, and it's not just when it comes to pay raises, but you know, I'm going out and raising money for a startup, and if you want to be an entrepreneur, that is often a big part of your job, especially as CEO. And if you just sit back and have faith that people, like that what you put out in the world is just going to come back to you, it's just, it doesn't work like that. That isn't what men do. You got to fucking ask for what you want. Listen, we know that good karma goes a long way. But when it, when it comes to asking for more money, we know we have a pay wage gap that is an issue. We have to, we have to improve and empower corporate cultures to have a channel where, where it's not about favoring. It's not about, it, it, it's about corporate cultures empowering people to be paid for what they deserve. And um, if women want to ask for a pay raise, it's not going to come from good karma. I mean, I am a very spiritual believer and I, I try and work on my karma credit. Trust me. <laughs> you know, you, we do good deeds. But it was, a, it was a real disconnect for me. I think a lot of folks really couldn't connect with it. It was a real disconnect. It was just a weird kind of wild 
disconnect. So yeah. I'm not even sure if the guy really meant what he said or if he really just muffled up a combination of words. But I feel like there was a lot of people, specifically women, who were really upset about it. And there were other people who were like, eh, whatever. And then there were kind of most of us who were like, really? That was wild. Because... I mean, I can't imagine. What did Sheryl Sandberg say about that? I got to look that up. We got to look that up later. <laughs> we got to look, look up what Sheryl Sandberg, ha if, if anything. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, that's a hot number when it came to current events. I mean, dude, don't tell women that it comes down to good karma and, you know, it'll come to you. No. We have to empower people to ask for a raise or a promotion. Yeah. It, that's just the wrong message for corporate culture, but, for God's sake. Yeah, because we don't, I don't think, as women, it is too easy to shy away from the hard topics, right? We don't like being perceived as being bitchy, as going in for the hard sell all the time. Like that, he's just speaking right to all of our insecurities and we're going, oh yeah, you're right. I'm good at just waiting for karma to like kick in. I've been putting good karma out there for 33 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but, but it just, you know, we need more women, like more people who are saying, you know what, women need to speak up more and they need to ask for what they want. And if you think the valuation your VC is giving you is too low, then you should tell them and you should say, no, I want this. I have worked hard for this. You know, I have had so many times, you know, building this company where, you know, people have just assumed things about me or say, you know, Krista will be happy if, you know, she's not in charge or not doing this. And it's not true. And if I don't tell them that it's not true, then they're never going to know. And I just think that's, I mean, if women entrepreneurs aren't doing that, then they're just, there's no hope for us. Yeah. There's no hope for us. <laughs> Well, let's put it this way. I think a lot of us can agree that if you're going to stand up on the podium and talk about how to improve corporate culture, that is not necessarily one of the good examples that we'd like to amplify. The good karma stuff comes from good deeds and should have nothing to do with empowering women to ask for higher wages and getting paid for what they deserve and certainly get paid the same as uh, any other counterpart uh, team member. So... I mean, we could we could tap that one all day, but there's all sorts of other really fun stuff, all sorts of other interesting things that we can talk about. I mean, let's talk about the word. I'm just going to throw this out there, real wild card. Yeah. We hear the word bitch a lot. Yeah, we do. Okay. We've heard women talk about bitch in a very empowering manner. And then we also have a lot of campaigns. You've seen Beyonce involved. You've seen Lean In, the organization, be involved about really trying to remove the word bitch from being used because it's always used in a negative context. Hmm. Now I know some people and we actually just today, right? Watched the interesting MBA students who created the quote unquote greatest feminist anthem of our time. Right. <laughs> and they created that really fun, uh, uh, you know, uh, video long story short, there are some badass bitches out there. And I think they're proud of it. And then I think there are some people who use the word bitch in a context that is nasty and derogatory. I think we can pretty much talk about that in a lot of uh, different words and ways. Let's talk about bitch. Do you hate it? Do you love it? Um, and I want to know what you, the listeners, think about the word bitch. 
we want you to tweet at us at women who start up use the hashtag women disrupt and please tell us what you think about the word bitch are you empowered by it like are you a badass bitch or is that completely and utterly offensive so Krista, you and I will talk about it just for a second before we move on to other awesome worldly affairs. <laughs> yeah, well, I know there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of talk, as you say, about reclaiming the word. And I, you know, I think every woman is different. And personally, I do not go out into the world and sort of think I'm this badass bitch. Like that doesn't happen. It's not how I lead. It's not, you know, how I am. I don't storm around and just say, this is how I want things to be. You know, I'm, I think tough when I need to be, but it, the toughness doesn't come from like, I think I'm being a bitch. The toughness just comes from, Hey, here's what I want here. Here are the reasons that I want it. And it's not a, and it's, and I'm always, I don't know. Just I am I am maybe oversensitive to not being called a bitch and that may okay. sometimes be a weakness that I have, but it's I don't know. It, it's just it's not But me. I mean that's great. That's a it's <laughs> a great perspective. I think everyone, I think there's plenty of people who can relate to that and then plenty of people who are quite the opposite. That's the beauty. But what I do know is what you just touched on which is toughness. We don't have to put another word on it other than being tough because entrepreneurship is tough. In the essence of starting a company, there is a few things that are harder, <laughs> and I haven't discovered them yet. Um, uh, I'm not a parent, so I haven't brought children into the world. I can imagine it's up there with hard or tough or challenging, but uh, uh, starting a business is tough, and men and women can relate to how hard it is or how tough you need to be or how thick your skin needs to be in order to start a business. But I want to stop diminishing the opportunity for women to have platforms, their voices being heard, getting the funding, finding opportunities to share with the world their innovations. Even if it means that it's a fashion line, fashion tech. I don't care that you're not necessarily developing a new microchip. Jesus Christ, when did it become an absolute requirement to be um, anything other, other than innovative? to be an entrepreneur we should I don't know why I'm actually ranting about that to kind of reel it back <laughs> into toughness um we have a lot to rant about so you know we want to we want to talk about that toughness uh part and I think you're tough you're how many years into p2b investors three three years and I mean if you can survive three years you're you're you know for a lot of you listening I mean you know getting through that first year it's uh it's make or break it's do or die it's it's sink or swim so three years yeah way to go yeah well thanks <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna retire now I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> i made it to three goodbye I made, uh, that's all right I, that's it uh no but i i agree and i do think that for women, look, there's no question that as female entrepreneurs, we need to develop some kind of a persona, right? You do. I have my, I'm in sales mode. I'm selling the company. I'm on the radio persona. And sometimes I think some women feel more comfortable feeling a bit like getting a bit bitchy about it. Some people, I don't know. I don't know what other people do. I don't even know what I do. Yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> other people can tell us what we do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, okay, I think to end on the bitchy discussion, and I, you know, pun intended, folks, relax. Um, uh, 
what we're saying is when it co- when it comes to calling a woman a bitch you probably shouldn't it definitely should. Now shouldn't. if a woman calls themselves that then you know we're not going to we're not going to I'm not going to fine, right? I'll, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think it comes down to being tough. And when women are tough, don't call them a bitch because they're tough Agreed. or because they're stern or because they are getting shit done or because they have a very strong point of view and they will do anything and everything to make their companies succeed. In spite of that, don't call them the B word. That's, I think, where a lot of the um, the, the disruption come from, the um, disrespect comes into play. So maybe we refrain from using that B word, people, for God's sake. We can just call them entrepreneurs. You know, Why don't we just call each other entrepreneurs? You are an awesome entrepreneur. Right. Every time you see a woman being opinionated and really tough and going after what she wants, I think that that is absolutely the definition that's that we're perfect. looking for. I think that's perfect. All right. All right. That done. was fantastic. <laughs> Call each other entrepreneurs. No no B words or no A holes or none of that. Just entrepreneurship. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're gonna talk about some other stuff. Lizelle, we have a guest today. Yes, we with do. Us. We do. Her name An is awesome guest. Yes, we do. Um, uh, you know, what gets us excited is that we don't just listen to ourselves talk, but we talk to incredible, brilliant women who start up. Yes. So our guest is Kawa Duogi. She is the co-founder and COO of Access Mobile. And I'd really like to give you a warm welcome. Hi, Kawa. Hi, Krista. Hi, Lizelle. Uh, hi, Lizelle. Hi, Krista. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kawa, you and I, we actually met not in an entrepreneurial setting, but randomly through friends. Kawa's actually, she lived in Canada for a while and I'm Canadian. So we met through mutual friends from the middle of nowhere, Ontario. So it's almost unbelievable that the two of us got together in Denver, Colorado. And then we were both entrepreneurs. And then I discovered how amazing you are. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really, I'm really excited because, you know, you have a startup, but it's more than a startup. It's actually in market. You guys have a product out gener- generating revenue, but you're doing something pretty different. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about that? So thank you, Krista. Thanks, Lizelle, for the introduction. Um, so just quickly for the, the people that know software, we're trying to make the best SaaS for Africa. And so when I say SaaS, I mean software as a service. And so when Krista said we're doing something pretty cool, I think she's referring to that because we're, we're on the edge there. There are plenty of SaaS software as a service, cloud-based software platforms out there. But when you look at the African market, there aren't a lot of products that are well suited to those users, though that infrastructure, uh, which is all over the place, um, sometimes better than what we have here in Denver and sometimes a lot worse. As Krista said, we do have a product in the market. Um, Right now we're in two countries in Africa, in Uganda and in Kenya, and our platform is being deployed in the healthcare sector in both countries. And we have a, a product called Clinic Communicator where hospitals can communicate with their patients and manage their data. And yeah, well, Talk about tough. (laughs) I could talk about what we do at Access Mobile all day, but I kind of want to bring it back to this cool platform for women um, in entrepreneurship. 
And yeah. Um, well, Krista, what do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Throw it right back at me. Uh, well, here's what I want to know. I want to know what it's like being a female co-founder out in Africa uh, doing business. What's that like? Is it hard? Is it easy? Like, is does being a woman make any difference? Advantage? Tell us about it. Yeah, I think, I mean, I heard some famous person, I, I'm, I'm not sure who it was, it's probably Oprah or something, talk about how being the only woman in the room is is actually sometimes a really great thing because you're special. Um, and I think there's that piece, definitely, the doing business anywhere, just being different, being an American working in Africa, you get that unique factor. But then at the other other end of the spectrum, that's not always what you need, you need, you know, people need communities and they need to feel like they belong and that those two things are kind of going against each other. So, um, in particular, in my experience, yeah, <laughs> I have to take advantage of the fact that I'm the only woman around for miles. And in Africa, it's, it's, I'd say it's very conservative, maybe small C, not like conservative liberal America, but like it's a very traditional, maybe that's the right word, traditional environment. So being a woman, you know, who you're married to is important. What family you come from is important. I think it's like that here too. But maybe in Africa, it's a lot more so. So I have to pick my teams really carefully. I think that's one way, you know, that it might be different. Um, but... I don't see why we can't have women who start up in Africa, too. Um, we have a software developers on our team, and, you know, we've got an awesome – we just take the best people that we can find, and we happen to have an awesome woman that's really involved in um, that community there, so – in East Africa, so yeah. All right, so we're about to come into 2015. What do you think – um, like, what do you want for the business in 2015? Like, where where are you going? Like, what are the next big milestones that you've got ahead of you? Well, we've been really fortunate to have this great beta testing period for our product, and um, we want to grow. That's where we are now. We have a really good sense of what the market is, who we can sell to. And so right now we just need to get shit done. <laughs> no, <laughs> but seriously, we need to we need to keep developing our products. We need to make it ready to be deployed to thousands and thousands of users. And we're also raising money, which you guys mentioned before as being difficult um as a woman. I think it's just being I think it's just difficult as an entrepreneur having a very different perspective for some reason whether it's because it's run by a woman or because you're doing business in a market that's not commonly done business in. I think I think money has a hard time going to new things mm. so yeah a whole lot of social media platforms getting <laughs> funded exactly yeah but not a whole lot of up-and-coming SaaS platforms for Africa is I think <laughs> what you're saying not not so many what does Access Mobile do? What problem does it solve? And, and how many users do you currently have? So the problem we solve is streamlining your communication with your clients. So you may have, well, you as a hospital, 
So we sell, we're B2B. Let me just sorry, start with that. Um, you may have 20,000 patients that you need to interact with. You may need to tell them about some sort of uh, public health message or promotion or try and set up a loyalty program. And you need a tool that can effectively and cost effectively, most importantly, um, be used to interact with your clients. And so those tools, we have plenty of tools here. We have a lot. We have a very rich competitive marketplace. Um, but given that most people in Africa interact with their mobile phones at the level of text and not necessarily smartphones, smartphone penetration is actually not that high. It's, it's increasing. Don't get me wrong. In Africa, it's increasing very quickly. But most people still have feature phones. So you need to have a platform that can engage with the profile of people that you um, have as clients. So, yeah, if, if no one if no one has email, you can't send them emails. Or you can, but you won't talk to anyone. So, uh, Kawa, you, um, you went to Stanford. You have a PhD. You worked in some pretty impressive places. You are not, like, you're probably one of the smartest women that I have ever met. And what you decided to do with your career was actually go and kind of, I think you bought into Access Mobile and sort of it, we weren't sure what they were doing and you became a new co-founder and you've taken it, helping take it in a new direction. And you've done this crazy thing and you're super smart. So tell us why, like what made you go down this route? Because you could have done anything. This is a great question, Krista. I really like this question because I think about it every day. <laughs> In a good way, though. Um, I like taking risks. And if we want to talk about the news and women and all this stuff, I, I don't think women, gene generically speaking, in society are encouraged to take risks. Um, I, I really don't think that's that controversial a statement. Um, but what does that mean? It means that, you know, if you can go work at a top investment bank and, you know, put your head down, even politic a bit, even be entrepreneurial, but in that context, then we're all like, go for it. But if you're going to just get off the track and be like, look at me, I'm here to start a billion dollar company. People will be like, what are you doing, little girl? <laughs> so I think, you know, and that's totally different for men. I don't necessarily think on an individual level that, you know, every man is more risk-taking than every woman. That's, like, ridiculous. I think we need more women that are inclined to take risks. And look, men, there are plenty of risk-averse men that should just, you know, not be entrepreneurs. Or just whatever. Never mind. So, but, but, uh... Yeah. So we need more women who are inclined to take risks, to be empowered to take those risks, because I think we're missing out just as a society, because some women shouldn't, some women should be entrepreneurs who aren't, because they have no support. Just support, just saying, yeah, that's okay. You think you're a badass bitch? Go for it. You want to lead? Go for it. So I think... Um, for me, the question about all these, all this training and everything, I mean, also, you know, it's fun. And I have to give a shout out to Colorado here. You know, I know this is a podcast, but we are in Denver, Colorado. And back to your little 
discussion about toughness, this is a place where it's okay to be tough. Um, I've lived in a lot of cities. I've lived in Toronto. I've lived in New York and D.C. and a little bit of Bay Area. And I've never been in a city where it's okay to be tough. And so just like toughness is one of these key characteristics of entrepreneurs, um, I think that's why this is a great place to be. And I think it helps having a good community. Um, so, you know, I think it's fun. Yeah. Do you ever do you ever regret it? Do you ever like wake up in the morning? Oh and go, God, oh, no! Man, what no. am I doing? Sorry, I'm not going to elaborate. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and that doesn't mean every day is great. Okay, my wake up in the morning. I will elaborate. Fine, Krista. So, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, Gosh, what a beautiful day. Um, what do I have to get done? And that's it. I I don't. There's no looking back. And that's another, I think, great thing about entrepreneurship is we don't have the luxury as entrepreneurs of, of getting caught up in the past and everything. We just have to keep moving forward. And, you know, I think it's a training. Maybe you are inclined to look backwards, but as an entrepreneur, you don't have a choice. And then you develop those habits and you're like, oh, this is a great way to live in general. That is a great point. Yeah, that is really true. Well, good. Lizelle, anything to add? couple of quick questions right? right so i'm listening in on this you know just awesome story of kawa really inspired by it i mean she truly is the essence of a woman who starts up and, and truly the essence of a woman who's disrupting so my couple of questions is um so you're a co-founder so the question is do you have male counterparts do you have other co-founders uh how big is your team and like you know how many other co-founders do you have and are they men or women Okay, so my team in Denver is um, my, I guess we we don't get too hung up on, uh, on terms. We call each other business partners. And um, he's here. It's a man. And then most of our team, the rest of our team is in Africa. So we've got that issue as well, which is having a virtual team. Um, and our just in terms of the breakdown, I mean, the general manager we have in East Africa is a woman and we hire female user support staff and female coders and, um, but it's, it's a pretty gender, uh, it's a pretty diverse in terms of gender. I guess there are only two genders. So <laughs> we've got, we've got a lot of each, you know, pretty much evenly split. And I think, I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to compare. I've worked a lot with men and men only teams and, but not in this sector. So I really don't know. Um, but I think it feels natural to have mixed teams, not all of one type. And, and I do notice, I did notice I came from the mining sector. That's why I was in Canada before. And I do notice in tech, okay, mining you'd think is really male, but tech is way more male. And I really noticed that. Just my perception was like, it's a bunch of little guys all over the place. Weird. <laughs> mining? Mining. Mining is not uh, is is less diverse as the tech industry. People, if that doesn't more. say something, <laughs> it's more diverse than the tech industry? That's my perception. Okay. I mean, we're like, in trouble now. We're, like, I mean, that just blew my mind. Like, I didn't know that, and I have to go read up on the statistics of that and everything. Um, yeah, yeah, so it's, it's a, a good thing that we are here doing yeah, this. Yeah, Even more important, if that's if that's no, the truth. This is not like we haven't fact. I haven't fact checked this. I'm just telling you what I saw. 
No, but perception is a is a yeah. huge thing. You know, one of the things that I I always found in in the I was in the advertising marketing space for a long time, and actually, what I found there were tons of women, but no, very few women leaders. You know, so you'd have all these women sort of managing accounts, getting shit done, and then way at the top, no women. And I always just found that astounding. And and that's why I love your women who start up, Lizelle. Really, and, and Krista, too, I think, you know, it's great to talk about women taking leadership roles and what does it take for us to get to the next. And I mean, I, I'm sure you guys have both run into this a lot. What does it take to just make that? It might be a small step on paper, you know, COO, CMO, CSO to CEO. Everyone knows what a CEO is. Like, yeah. That, it's a tough one. I, I'm sure you guys will get more people in here to talk about this. <laughs> so, Kaba, we got to wrap up this interview. Uh, but I want you to leave our community, this awesome women who start up community, with just what do you want to say to them? What do you want them? What seed do you want to plant uh, with with our listeners? I think the one little piece of wisdom or whatever you want to call it that I'd like to leave people with is, you know, if you want to do something, why can't it be you? If you want something to happen, why can't it be you that does it? I mean, it, I know it's a negative framing of of it, but of, of you know, go, just do it. But I almost think that's, it's a little passive aggressive, isn't it? But maybe that's what women need to hear. I don't know. Oh, no, God. I love it. Kawa, I love it. I think those I think that is a great I think that's exactly the sentiment that we need women to say. You know what? I friggin' moved to Denver, Colorado and started a financial technology company. And you know what? I didn't know anything about finance or business lending right. or crowd lending. Right. And you know what? I just Why not? got shit done. Yeah. And I think more of us need to just get out there and make it happen. So awesome. And thank you. Thank you so much for coming to sit with us today and, and helping us get this Women Who Start Up radio show off the ground. We're well, really excited about it. It was super fun. And thanks for having me. I mean, could we have a better first guest? Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, thank you. Thank you so much, Kawa. I mean, awesome. So um, that's what we take away from today. Don't be scared. Just do it. Take chances. If you want to see it happen in the world, do it. Don't sit back. I have this incredible friend. Her name is Talanya, and she is uh, out in New York City, and I've known her for a very long time. And her mantra and her philosophy in life and everything she lives by is go do. And for as long as I've been an entrepreneur, if only people were teaching this in school, Go do. Like Kawa just told us, you know what? If you want to see it, do it. Uh, Krista is a perfect example. I didn't really know much about X, Y, and Z. I started this company. I figured it out. I learned. I got mentors. I asked for advice. I brought in a community. I joined communities. I reached out. I broke down. Sure, it was hard. You stumbled and you're going to stumble some more. But for God's sake, just, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur and you feel inspired and aspired to to start something do yeah and don't 
don't wait for it to be the right time. Don't wait to know everything because it's not going to be perfect. And actually, you know, the role of a founder in a company is to lead, to bring really smart people together and to, you know, unite them around a shared vision and then make stuff happen. And you don't need any degree. You don't need, you don't need that much money. You don't need, <laughs> you really don't need much to do that except some passion and a willingness. Yeah, absolutely. And let me tell you, you can accomplish anything in this world if you know how to build a team. So I'm going to amplify that the number one challenge, if you are considering entrepreneurship, it's new to you, you're thinking about starting something, here's the thing. If you wanna be a consultant, you can go do that by yourself. If you wanna start a company, you have to build a team and you're gonna to have to know how to build a team. So what I'll leave you with is yes, go do, but understand that you've gotta go do it and entrepreneurship is a team sport, kids. It is a team sport. Yeah, which we as women are great at. Sometimes. Can, can be great at. All right, let's wrap this up, Lizelle. Let's wrap this up. I'm tired of talking to all you people. Kidding, kidding. Love you people. Women disrupt. Rock and roll. Um, Krista, can I just say thank you? I mean, for a, a kickoff to Women Who Startup Radio, the entire P2B investor team, Krista, Lindsay, Aaron, our incredible guest, Kawa, I mean, this is what really uplifts me as an entrepreneur. It's my community. It was lacking. I created a bit of a framework and my members helped me dissolve this little idea into literally a foundation for motivation, resources, mentoring, mentorship. Uh, I mean, it fuels me. It's why I... Every month I kind of can feel it. I start kind of dwindling down a little bit and I start maybe thinking about things too much, maybe a little more self-doubt. And then I get in front of all these women who start up and they tell me their stories and I listen to people like Krista, my co-host, and it's inspiring. People, you need community. As entrepreneurs, it is lonely. Stop that. God damn it. Join a local meetup. It doesn't have to be women who start up. It can be anything or even start something. If you're listening to this from outside Denver, I wanna hear from you at Women Who Start Up because maybe you wanna start up Women Who Start Up in your city, in your town, in your country. I don't care where you are, reach out to us. Let's do this. Let's do it. I think, thank you. Thanks everyone. Again, this is Lizelle from Women Who Start Up. And I'm Krista from P2B Investor. And this is Women Who Start Up Radio. We love you people. Keep trekking on. Go do. Thanks for listening to Women Who Start Up Radio with Lizelle Van Buren and Krista Morgan. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to tell everyone you know to subscribe on iTunes. Check out our website, womenwhostartup.co, and follow us on Twitter at Women Who Start Up. And don't forget our hashtag, Women Disrupt. This has been a Women Who Start Up production. Join us next time for another edition of Women Who Start Up Radio.